Well, welcome to the Kingdom Allegiance podcast. My name is Joe. And my name is Whitney. And today we are going to jump in yet another podcast episode. Yeah. I think this is our fourth official one. Mm-hmm. And so we're really excited about today's episode because we're going to be talking about pretty much, you better buckle up, because we're going to be talking about the last three years, what the Lord has taught us. Uh, this journey that he's had us on, and then what it looks like moving forward, because just a little bit of an announcement, in less than three weeks, we are moving moving to Idaho, Idaho. the land of potatoes, baby. So my dream is just to be a potato. That's why we're moving. This is the the core reason. I love mashed potatoes. So this works perfectly because... I just, potatoes, you can ma- boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. It's what you great. guys didn't know is that we're actually going to be living in a giant potato <laughs> no. on wheels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> giant potato on wheels, and it's going to be fantastic. So, um, yeah, we're going to jump into basically the last couple years of uh, what the Lord has been doing in our hearts and our minds. And I really feel like um, I want you guys to have a hot take on what's been going on, honest, open, and transparent. Thanks to Tim Ross from the basement for that. And just being able to um, communicate like the emotions behind the things that we've walked through, but also like the circumstances behind the things we've walked through. I know for all of us, uh, 2020, 2019, I mean, COVID hit the world and we were so, all of us were so disoriented by that. Yeah. Um, every single one of us were rocked to the core, uh, maybe some more severely and some less severe. And so I think it's important to kind of revisit um, just the last couple of years. I feel like as I think about 2020, 2021, 22, very recent, um, up until this last couple months of just 23 has been like one of the craziest, I'd say, like journeys that the Lord has brought us through. And there was so much that we learned along the way. And so our hope today is that you'd be encouraged by all of that and um, that you would walk away with a new found hope and a new found desire to obey God and whatever Mm -hmm. it is he's calling you to do. And for you to step into the things that he's maybe asked you to for some time and you've been hesitant or you've been fearful. Um, Because I know that's a big thing for me is there's a lot of fear over these last couple of years. And so my hope and our hope for you is that you're able to walk more confidently and secure in who God uh, has called you. And you're more able to walk into what God has called you to walk into. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, why don't you start us off and just kind of what do you think like was the biggest um, lesson of like 2020, like when we came out of 2020, obviously, you know, all the stuff that happened in the world, um, you know, election stuff, there's all kinds of stuff that happened. Um, but just anything that you feel like the Lord taught you or that you walked through that you think would be helpful for people to know. And how does that tie into now? Well, it's interesting because like, I feel like the last three years just run so much together. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm still working through a lot of what happened, yeah. what I learned. So I might not be able to specifically break it down to one a year. Right. But, man, just like the other day, 
I was sitting with the Lord and just trying to work through all this stuff. Like, because I feel like I have pretty good discernment. The Lord's given me good discernment about seasons. And mm-hmm. just this last season of three She's years felt like, yeah. felt like a giant wilderness season. But I was just realizing how much growth happened in mm. that wilderness. Like there wasn't an overarching theme of what I learned, but so many little lessons in the last three years. I'm like looking back on it, like what was the purpose of this? Like just looking back, you know, from surface levels, like this mm. just felt like a useless season. It felt like, what am I doing here? Why am I still in Northern California? Like, what is the purpose of the season? Mm. And I was just wrestling. Yeah, I was just wrestling with the Lord, trying to figure it out. And I, I just think, in general, sorry, I'm just totally skipping your question. I'm not being specific at all. But in general, I feel like it was a necessary season of growth Mm -hmm. before the next season. Like, I really appreciate the church we're going to be going to in northern Idaho we were watching a sermon online and something that they said really just ministered to me that you know like in Thanksgiving when you're cooking that turkey Mm. and you set that timer and the timer goes up and then you check in the oven you're like oh my gosh it's still raw and you're like what I set the timer and everything but then you forget you forgot to turn on the heat like turn on the oven. Yeah. Stuck the turkey in there, put the timer So in, in my there. mind, I was like, okay, yeah, we've been here a year. It's time to leave now. A year. Oh, in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So like in 2021, we were trying to already move to Idaho. It didn't work out. Yeah. So I was like, timer's up. Let's go. But it wasn't the right timing. And, you know, the finances didn't go through to move. And I was like, what is going on, Lord? So... I realized after watching that sermon that I had set a timer for myself, but I wasn't done. Like the the heat of the oven, the fire, the sanctification, the growth, the growing of the roots, all of that was necessary to mm. take place. Even when I thought I was done, the Lord knows better than I do that I wasn't ready. And I learned so much more mm. the year and a half that we later that we thought we were going to move that we didn't move the last year and a half. I learned a lot more that was definitely necessary. So you said like you're moving kind of fast, but that's okay. <laughs> I feel like there's so much, there's so many questions that people are going to have about like, well, what do you mean by this? And I feel like it'd be helpful to kind of slow just down. overarching. Well, it'd be like, helpful to kind of slow down and talk about like, what do you mean by wilderness season? What is a wilderness season? Cause I felt that too. Like, and I think this is helpful because we're just having this, you know, mm-hmm. honest, open, transparent conversation it's about thick. like it just we're having this conversation about like how we processed this, how mm-hmm. we went to the Lord about it, um, what we talked through and how we worked through it. And I remember not even like maybe a year. I don't even think I did the the podcast with Dennis a year ago on the know. wilderness. And I still felt like I was in a wilderness. So when you say that you were in a wilderness season, and I think what she's referencing is like, you know, the spirit led Jesus into the wilderness Mm -hmm. and he was tested for 40 days and 40 nights. A lot of times we see in scripture, right? The Israelites were led into the wilderness and it was a time of testing. Mm. Um, It was a time to humble them. It was a time for them to either turn and repent and submit themselves under God's rule and be obedient to his ways 
um, or to face the consequences of leaving him and not wanting anything to do with him. And so we see in the wilderness season that there's times where it's a spirit led wilderness, like he leads you into that place. But then there's times where it's like with the Israelites, they complained, they murmured, they grumbled, they, gr- they griped about things. And that led them into a season of wilderness and they stayed way longer than they were supposed to. Yeah. And so what do you think? Do you think, um, how have you discerned your wilderness season? I think this wilderness season was almost like a waiting period, like an intermittent time. Mm, like staging. Yeah. So I think it was a time where we were, it just felt like we were in a holding pattern waiting for the next thing. Mm. Like this wasn't like the season of like explosive growth, like on the surface, like you would mm-hmm. see us and just everything looks like it's pretty much staying the same. Yeah. But under the soil is where the roots have, have been growing. So that's what it feels like for me this wilderness season is growth in the wilderness season. Like it's been a it's been a waiting of things that we know are going to take place, promises that the Lord has given us. Um mm. and I think I've definitely had my share of complaining and grumbling in the wilderness, which mm. obviously was not good (laughs) might have kept us here longer but i think most it was mostly spirit-led wilderness of just a time of growth and preparation before the next season you know it's something the lord has told me he told me this in the car the other day he said the reason why complaining is such a problem is because when you complain you think you're entitled to something better than what i'm giving you Mm. because complaining puts you in God's throne and says you can do a much better job than he can because you think you're way better at running your life than he is. And so I think one of the reasons why complaining is such an issue is because you think you're better than the Lord. You're like, man, I could do such a better job than you. Yep. I could make this like, happen no, Lord, way better than this you. This is the right timing. Let's go now. Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> like let's like be if there. it was me, I would have done it like 10 years ago. <laughs> like that was that's exactly where yeah. we're at sometimes with the Lord. And we think that if we complain about it or we grumble or we gripe or we 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 murmur about these things and we think that we're actually, oh, I want to, you know, Lord, I don't think you're seeing these things that aren't going according to my plan. And I think if you see them, maybe you would act differently. You know, maybe you would, you'd speed up the process or maybe you would see the weakness or you would see the area that really sucks and is really hard and is really difficult. And maybe if you saw that, like, I don't know if you're aware, but if you see this, maybe you would care and you'd do something about it because I seem to care more than you do. Mm. And that's a dangerous place to be, right? Because when we enter into that mindset and that heart posture, It's no longer a place of humility. It's a place of pride. And God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And so um, I just think that's helpful for us to to understand, like, when we're going through a wilderness, when we're going, like you were sharing, when you're going through that, it's a very, like, it feels like a very confusing time, right? It's so confused. You're perplexed, I'd say, a majority of the time. Like, I have no idea what's going on. I feel like I'm 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 doing all the things that I know to do. I'm praying, I'm reading the word, I'm talking to the Lord, I'm spending time with him. 
Um, and, and all of these things feel like I'm just, it feels like I'm taking 10 steps back, you know, and I'm, I'm not making any progress or headway on what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. And so even with this podcast, even with this YouTube channel, even with the things we know we're called to do, we still feel like, like, is this, like, is this really, like, is this really what we're supposed to be doing? Mm -hmm. Is this really where we're supposed to be going? Is this really where we're supposed to, to pour our time and our energy and our heart into? Because, you know, I know that every single one of you, every subscriber, every 141 subscribers on this channel matter to the Lord and they matter to us. And we pray over this and we labor in love over this podcast and we care so deeply that you guys um, are encouraged and matured in your faith and strengthened to walk closely with Jesus and for you to follow him according to a biblical worldview. That's what we care about. And so... And part of that is just for you to realize, like as Christians, I was telling Whitney this before we started filming, like I just I never want the Christian walk to be seen as like an Instagram highlight reel. I don't want you to think that we're just over here and everything's always perfect and everything's always put together. And, you know, we look nice and we might have got, you know, dressed nicer or, you know, Whitney might have done her hair or just things like that, where you think that we just our life is just panning out perfectly the way we want it to look. And that's not the case. Like, especially in 2020, obviously the whole world was like, what in the world is going on? Mm -hmm. And I, for one, if I can speak just a little bit to that, like I was very angry at the way things played out. You know, honestly, like I graduated from, from Bible college. I saw a ton of my friends get jobs in churches and I was angry with the Lord because I was like, all of these people that I know, all of these people that are are in ministry, literally getting the same degree as me, are now getting hired at churches as youth pastors or young adult pastors and and getting jobs at churches. And they were totally fine during, you know, everything that was happening. And I'm over here working at Target. Like, why did I go to college to get a degree so I could work at Target? I could have just skipped the whole four years student loan debt thing to just to just go to Target. Mm -hmm. But I was doing it to survive. I was doing it to provide for my family and it still wasn't enough. And then after Target, we started doing DoorDash and we started doing full time, you know, self-employed work. This is the first time we went fully self-employed, working our own hours, making as much as we could. And, you know, we made some strides. We paid off some debt and things like that and paid off a student loan and some credit cards and, and things like that around, along the way. Um, but still, I was frustrated. Like, I'm, I'm over here doing delivery service. I'm making really good money doing it. But all of my friends are still in ministry. Like, one of my good friends, like, got a job right out of college as a youth pastor and I was like so celebratory of that because the Bible says to rejoice with those who rejoice and to weep with those who weep. So I was obviously celebrating that, but I was still in my heart a little bitter towards the Lord. Like, I don't understand. Like, am I doing something wrong? Like, I'm pursuing you. I love you. I'm obeying you. I'm following your ways. And it feels like I'm, am I running from this thing? Like, Am I running from my calling of ministry? Am I running from preaching and poetry? Like, those are the things that I'm so passionate about. And I'm like, God, am I, am I doing anything in this process? And I just felt 
over these last couple of years. We're going to keep touching back and forth on the years and current. But I just felt like, you know, I didn't want to be the type of person because now I'm seeing the fruit of the people in ministry that I knew and where they're at. And obviously a lot was exposed those first few years when the world kind of shut down and different churches that we saw take stances on things Mm -hmm. and um, political and cultural issues that we don't necessarily agree or disagree with. Like just things that, you know, we got to see the true colors of churches in California. I think it was definitely a refining season of churches who would actually stand up for what's important. Like don't neglect the gathering of the saints. Yep. Like that's, we need to follow the Bible more than, you know, following the lockdown orders. Like, sure, two weeks. But then after that, are they taking advantage and, you know, taking In California, and, it was almost three years. Yeah. 18 and months, not, three years. Yeah. Not respecting the rights that were given by the the men and women who founded this country. Like, you know, we need to follow the Bible. We need to follow the word of God more than any government. Yeah. And I think there's a there's a conflict when man's desires conflict with what God commands. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important, the lessons that we learned. You know, when I was saying that 2020 was the year of great exposure, that was something the Holy Spirit had showed me, that 2020 was going to be a year of great exposure. And I saw things in the church that I never thought I would see. A lot of brokenness a lot of disunity, a lot of compromise. And I say these things not to bash on the Lord's bride because I love God's bride. I love the church. I love the church and it is essential. And it is the lifeline for believers to grow in their faith, to be discipled and to learn how to how to share Jesus with other people. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely necessary. Because how can you say you love Jesus, but then neglect his bride? How can you say you love Jesus, the bridegroom, and then yet talk trash on his beloved? That doesn't work. If you say you love me, but you hate my wife, we're not friends. I'm not going to be your friend. Oh, I love you, but your wife's really annoying. Hey. No, I'm saying like (laughs) if someone were to say that to me. That's real. Hey, I love you, but your wife is just, I can't stand her. Well, I can't stand you. I'm not going to have anything to do with you. And in the same way, why do we think it's okay that we love Jesus, but yet I don't like his bride? Yeah, his bride's messy. It's not a perfect bride. It's ne- it, it is not a bride that has all of its pieces together. We're all broken pieces of pottery coming together to form one beautiful picture. And I just think, you know, the things that we saw in the church, the compromise, the, the places that we're asking for papers, for medical verification like i remember going with whitney to a mall and the mall literally asked us for our paperwork i don't know if you know this but less than four a hundred years ago in nazi occupied germany they asked people for their paperwork if they were jewish or not and that's a very real problem because as soon as we start classifying people as second class citizens based on medical status then anything goes. Oh, you're disabled? Okay, yeah, we can get rid of you. Oh, you're Jewish? Yeah, we can get rid of you. Like, wh- where's the line? Because there's a very clear line in Scripture that we're all made in God's image. And, and the fact is 
that when you start blurring the lines of morality, then becomes chaos and then begets genocide. And I'm not saying that's where it was headed in this country, but I think it's very probable to say, it's very plausible to, to say that where it was going, requiring, you know, requiring a jab card to go into places and to see things and to go places and to go to the gym and to go to a game or to to go to the grocery store to be able to eat, that's crossing a line. Yeah. And so we saw churches completely shut their doors for 18 months, for 24 months, two years, that were saying, we just want to be safe. When did, when did God ever say that Christianity is safe? This is like literally not the goal. Like, that's, that's not the not goal. The if your goal is to be safe, to not die, and to live comfortable, then stop being a Christian. Yep, definitely that year was learning to not compromise on our faith or things that we believe so strongly in. And like when all the churches were shut down and we had nowhere to meet with believers, we met with friends at a park. Yep. It was amazing. And it was one beautiful. of our good friends it led was, it. Yep. And there was um, some leaders from another church who uh, brought a trough of water from the It was literally a huge River. like metal trough. <laughs> and... People were baptized. I think a couple of people came to know the Lord, and it, yeah. it was small. And people could come or not come, wear masks or not wear masks. But we gathered, and I think learning, like when leaders in the church, and you see them compromising. But even though you see leaders compromising, that doesn't mean you need to compromise. Yep. Still carry out the commandments of the word. Still yes. carry out what God has commanded you to do, even when you see other people. Wavering. Are you gonna go? Are you gonna follow and obey when other people are not? Yeah. You know, are you following just because leaders are following? Are you following them? Or are you following Christ and what He established? Yeah. So I think that was this season was learning about not compromising on the truths of the word, mm. for sure. Yeah, and we came under attack a lot, and we didn't share, you know, this only with people that we trusted and we loved. And so I feel like now, because it's been some time since it happened, it's okay to talk about. And I'm not going to share any names or any churches, you know, names or anything like that for the sake of honor and love, because love covers a multitude mm -hmm. of sins. So I'm not going to expose anybody in that way. Um, but I'll still be truthful about our story. You know, that meeting with other believers in a park, open space, publicly, come Come when, you know, come however you want to come and be with us. Mm -hmm. If you want to be close, be close. If you want to distance, distance, whatever. We don't care. We just want to be together and worship and pray. And I'm telling you, people met from 1 p.m. until 5 p.m. some days. Four hours that we gathered and prayed and talked through hard things and dove into things because these these believers were facing like firings from their jobs. These believers were facing persecution, real persecution, like verbal attacks, sometimes physical assaults, because people didn't agree on the whole, like, you know, everything that the world was, was, was peddling <coughs> and the whole abuse of love thy neighbor, you know, do this and get this so you can love your neighbor was just a total abuse of scripture. Mm -hmm. And, and now like, Looking back, it's like that gathering with, with the saints that we consistently met until churches opened again, like 
that was so key for so many people. And I know that a lot of the people that were a part of that group, you know, found a lot of freedom in that and found healing in that and were restored, you know, and they were so encouraged that believers were meeting. We had people from churches that were like, can we do that again? Even though the churches are open again in California, can we please do that again? Can we meet at the park again? Can we do this again? I'm like, I don't think people understand the cost of that because that cost us reputation. That cost us, um, that cost us, our, our character was slandered. We had people saying we were spiritually dangerous. We had people saying that we had no idea what it was like to be a pastor. We had people say that we were, we were effing idiots, to say it in a polite way. Um, we had people saying that, you know, we had no idea what we're doing and you should follow the government. When was, <sighs> I get so hyped up, I'm sorry. But it's it's like, Romans 13 does not mean unconditional submission to governing authorities. Romans 13 means that you submit, but if it's against God, then you obey the Lord. Last time I checked, the founding fathers did not say that it's freedom of religion, except in times of a pandemic, except in times of a medical emergency, except there's no exception. It's freedom of religion, period. It is never the state's authority or the governing authorities, it is never their responsibility to shut the doors of the churches. Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So why would we think it's man's responsibility to open or close the gates? Mm. Like, it's up to us whether the church stays open? Whoa. You know how many people walked away from Jesus because of the compromise they saw in the body of Christ? Because of the leaders that backed down and hid in their in their glass houses and just collected a paycheck while everyone else struggled. While everyone else, there was domestic violence was on the rise, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, suicide. Do you realize the the cost of what it meant for, for the believers to not be together? That was when we needed churches the most. Yes. We needed the bride of Christ in America, especially in California, to step up and to be the light of the world. Mm -hmm. It is not in times of ease where your true colors show. It's in times of great trial. Because in times of great trial, what is shown is character and integrity and being a person of your word. We need a generation again to be people of their word. We need a generation again. And this is what the Lord has taught me. I'm not speaking. I will never speak out of a place I have not walked because there's no authority there. There's no, there's no anointing on that. And by anointing, I just mean the Lord's favor because whatever you've walked through and you've conquered, he's given you to overcome and you can speak from the place of an overcomer. And so when I say like, we needed people believers, especially in California, to be able to stand up to all the tyranny and all the things that were taking place. And I'm not over here, an aluminum hat wearing person where I'm, I'm a conspiracy theorist. Like I, I don't care about all that stuff. I care about biblical accuracy and being a person that stands on the word of God. And that was where I drew the line. The government will not tell the church what to do. 
The government will not tell her to close her doors. The government will not tell her how she's going to conduct services, how she's going to go about her business, how she's going to... No, separation of church and state was not so that the church would be separated from the state. Separation of church and state was so that the government would stay out of the church. It is not the government's job to dictate how the church would go. That's why... You would have World War II and Nazi-occupied Germany and churches that were sold out to the state that would harbor Jews just so they could hand them over to the government so that they would hand over Christians that were hiding, hiding Jews. And we, and most of the churches in California would look at, at the people hiding Jews, the Christians say, you're not a true believer because you're not submitting to government. And the lesson that we learned in 2020 overall is that it is time for real Christianity to stand up. It is time for the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's to say, we will not bow down and worship your golden jab. We won't do it. We will not worship this statue you have erected of yourself for us to bow down. And we're going to be thrown in the fire. And even if God doesn't save us, we still won't bow down. Mm-hmm. What kind of faith is that? We need the faith of the three Hebrew men of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who says, we will not worship your gods. We worship King Jesus alone. That's what I learned. Yeah. For sure. That's crazy. Yeah. That was a crazy, crazy year. Mm Mm-hmm. And then going into 2021, 21. I think that's when we applied. We applied for a loan to get a tiny home. Yep. This is a crazy journey. This is going to be a crazy video. Maybe all yep. over the place, but it's okay. Hopefully you get thank something you for from being, it. Thank you for being with us. <laughs> so 2021. Yep. We applied for a tiny home and we yep. were planning on moving to Idaho. So for those who don't know. A tiny home is basically a house, an actual built house that you can live in long term, Mm -hmm. but it is on a trailer and you can move it and um, you can have it on property. You can give it like an RV, but actually meant to live in like, you know. Because RVs are temporary dwellings. Actual like walls and, you know, kitchen, bathroom, electrical, everything. Yeah. And then normally the bed's like on a loft. It's really cool. Anyways. My brother builds them, Turner Tiny Homes. Check them out. Yeah. Shout out to you, Kyle and Jenny. Love you guys. <laughs> anyway, so if you guys want a tiny home built, they got you. Anyway, so we applied for the financing. It didn't go through when we had amazing credit. And we're like, okay, what's going on? Yep. And then we were trying to make another plan to move out there and nothing was to live with out. family and see if we can make it work. Yeah, and... all the doors seem to shut, and we're like, okay, but we hate it here in Northern California. Okay, to like... be fair, I don't hate. That's very strong language. I don't hate anything. I mean, I love being with okay, my family. I strongly dislike I love the be... area. Okay, to be fair, Whitney strongly dislikes strongly dislikes mm-hmm. the area, but I personally have a very fond. Like memories, there's also some hard memories, but I have a very deep love and respect for my hometown, um, and I 
I, if my family wasn't here, probably could care less. But the fact that my family's here and I have old friends and, and things that just, you know, are connected, it's a lot harder for me to be like Whitney and be like, I just want to be in Idaho because her family's there. So I get that. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say. Well, I love your family. I just don't like the area in general. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. You just like Idaho way more. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the Lord put a desire in me for Idaho and to be with family and just to start something new and just Is 21 when the Lord told us to move? Like you heard move? You were praying, right? I think so. And you heard move, but we yeah. didn't know where. Because to pick up from there, that's when we started applying for like apartments too. Or started touring. We looked for right. apartments. We looked for apartments. They were all yeah. like bad. And this area, in this area, oh my goodness, it's so unaffordable. It's like $1,700 and up, which $1,700 isn't terrible. No, that was two years ago. That was two years ago. Now it's what? For now one it's bedroom? like $2,400 a month, something like that. I could or get more. afford that. Like, how are you? I mean, we don't have kids yet, but how can you raise a family without doing full time daycare? Because you. The husband and the wife both have to work to make rent. So you don't basically ever, live so to make rent. So you don't ever see so your kids. So pointless. Yeah. Anyway, at yeah. that point, I feel like the Lord put a desire in me just to start somewhere new, somewhere fresh. Like I wasn't even content. We did hear pretty clearly move though. Yeah, like, we I did wasn't. Move. I wasn't even really content um, just moving out of living with family. Like I really did. I really love the lifestyle of Northern Idaho. I love. Just the nature and the outdoors and I... Pretty neat. Pretty neat. Pretty neat nature, you know? Nature walk. <laughs> and I just had this desire put in me and um, just a desire to be with family. I feel like sometimes, just kind of like with Joseph in the Bible, how he was given dreams of what would happen. But with me, when the Lord gave me a dream and a desire to go somewhere... I was, I tried to step into it right away and it wasn't ready and the door shut. But like Joseph in the Bible, he mm. was given dreams mm. and, but then he was thrown into a wilderness. He was sold as a slave. His own brother sold him and he was thrown in prison and all these things happened to him. And he's like, probably like, what is going on? You know, you gave me these dreams that my brothers and even my father would bow down in front of me and like show me honor but where is that i'm in prison like what's going on that's how i felt in this, in 2021 like what's going on i thought you said to move something to also make note of is that joseph was a righteous man mm -hmm. that followed the lord and walked with him so when his brother sold him to be a slave put him in a pit pretended that he got his cloak all bloodied brought it to his dad like faked his death mm -hmm. then he was in Potiphar's house. The wife tried to sleep with him. So he, a woman was trying to make him commit adultery so that she could have him killed or whatever. And it's like, he literally said no. Like he, he fled the scene. He's like, I'm out. I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. She ripped his cloak off and he's running away naked. He gets thrown in the prison, even though he did nothing wrong. And that's the piece that I think sometimes we forget is that sometimes you're doing everything right. And it's it true. feels like you're going nowhere. Which obviously didn't do everything right, but I mean. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, he probably didn't do everything right. He, I'm not saying I'm he talking, did I'm not talking right. about him. I'm talking about me. Right. In the wilderness season, I obviously didn't do everything right. Okay. <laughs> anyway, but then. Yeah. 
it's just like a season of confusion. Like, what's going on? Like, especially in 2021 when those doors shut, I was like, what? And I feel like... You're frustrated, huh? Oh, yeah. I was like, what is going on? You said to move. I'm trying. Describe some of the emotion behind that. Uh... Um, I think just, well, frustration, anger, um, Mm. and I think the Lord was teaching me how to be content even when I was confused Yeah, and content where he had me in that season, even though you said to move, I'm trying to move. I'm so confused and angry, but I'm going to be content in the job and where you have me right now, because obviously those doors shut for a reason. Obviously we're not ready to go. You have something better for us. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to trust you in this process and be content where I am. Mm. I think that's that's what I was learning in 2021. Yeah. And it was rough because yeah. we would go visit my family on the holidays and I would just, you know, hugging them goodbye after a week, I would just cry because that's where I wanted to be. And that's mm. that's where my heart was already, even though we weren't ready. We had more to learn. And more to go through here. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I think for me, uh, 2021 was a season of probably where my wilderness started. Um, I'm trying to think back because 2022 is when I did the video with Dennis on the wilderness. So I think I might be wrong, but I think that wilderness video was at, in 2022. So yeah, I think I was in like a year or maybe give or take a year in wilderness where I just, I didn't hear the Lord. And by hear the Lord, I mean, I'd read the Bible. I'd pray and talk with him. I'd listen. I'm not even joking. Like sometimes a couple hours, like three hours in the car of just Bible, just straight books of the Bible, like Matthew, straight Mark, up books, straight up books of the Bible, of the Bible, of the Bible, <laughs> of the Bible, yo, um, just, I would listen to like, you know, Psalms, Proverbs, Matthew, Mark, Luke, like John, I would listen to John over and over for a long time. And I still feel like I, I love just being with Jesus and John, but, um, like it was so dry. Like you ever been in a season where, it feels like you're so parched, like there's no water anywhere. And you just feel like, you just feel like there's, there's nothing you can do to make it better. And I asked myself this question a lot, like, is this spirit led or is this self-imposed? Because if this, if this wilderness is self-imposed, Lord, please tell me what to do so I can get out of it. Like, did I do something wrong? Did I sin and I haven't repented? Is it, you know, something is grieving your heart? Is there something I've done to to put myself in this place where you're, you know, not speaking to me? I'm not hearing you. I'm not, you know, nothing in the word is, is speaking to me at all. Or, you know, when I say things like speaking to me, I mean like, you know, impressions. I get impressions sometimes or, you know, I'm, I'm a big feeler. Not that I, I lean on my feelings or anything like that. But just I I feel the Lord in tangible ways. Like, you know, sometimes I get goosebumps. Sometimes I feel like icy hot, you know, going from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. Like sometimes it feels like a blanket. Sometimes it feels like he's hugging me. 
And so those are some indicators. I wouldn't say the only ones, but um, the peace of the Lord is also a really great indicator for me. Um, when I feel the Lord's peace on something, I know mm-hmm. it's from him. And so, um, but the word is the foundation. The Bible is the foundation of every one of those things, whether it's the peace of God or feeling him or sensing him or hearing his voice. Um, everything always goes back to the word and everything mm-hmm. is always going to confirm his word. Um, he's never going to devoid of his word. And so I just wanted to throw that out there for anybody who thinks that they can connect with God in a way that's contrary to scripture. That is not the Lord and that is not of his spirit. Mm-hmm. So um, I think 21 for me was a place of just like silence and solitude, which I think it's weird to say it like that because it, at the time it didn't feel like silence and solitude. It felt like silence and isolation um, because I felt like I was really alone. And not like physically, obviously, I have my wife. but Isn't that when we lost a lot of friends too? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So now that I remember it, as Whitney just said that, 21 is the, the year that we lost a lot of friends. Um, not like they, like some, didn't, like they s- didn't pass away or anything, but, um, we lost, it wasn't we all lost bad, friends. but like some just, you know, were, went out of our lives or moved to another city or were, had other things going on, had babies. So it's like some friends ghosted us. Yeah. So it <laughs> some wasn't all bad, but it was, it was, you know, almost like all at once, like within a but couple then, of months. But then some friends, you know, were like, well, I don't want to be in your life anymore. Yeah. And that was hard, you know, that was really hard um, to have to deal with that. I had, oh, that was the year that I also met somebody um, that was kind of a friend, but like not one of those friends, like you ever had one of those friends that you're just constantly pouring out your life and, and you're giving of yourself to that person in a way where you're giving your heart and your emotions and your mental ability and, and you're pouring out a lot of who you are and it's never reciprocated. That was the type of, you know, relationship I had with this person. And there was another person in my life where I was doing a similar thing where I was pouring out a lot of me um, and just discipling and, and, and giving a lot where I was being the Paul, you know, Paul and Timothy. Paul was the spiritual father and a mentor to Timothy. I felt like I was Paul in a lot of ways where I, you know, I'm nothing near or claiming to be him at all, but just in the way that he modeled and the way that he discipled people, I felt like I was, I was pouring out a lot and I was, um, I was caring for people in a way that was really exhausting. Um, and you know, like it it got really sad because I had friends that just wanted to taste the world and just wanted to continue living for the world, um, and getting drunk and sleeping around and, um, you know, having sex before marriage and knowing that it's wrong and saying, I, I know I'm going to go to hell if I keep living like this and yet showing no signs of repentance. And so it's like, you know, what do you do with that? Like, what do you do when you've poured out all of you and you've given everything you have to a relationship and you've talked to this person for, for what feels like years, even though for me in this, in this case, it wasn't uh, years but it was months and months and months and every conversation like, and every conversation was like a broken record mm-hmm. it was the same thing over and over and over and over again 
And, you know, I didn't hold back. I remember, you know, Whitney being really encouraged by our conversations and her telling me, like, you really brought, you know, you really brought the word to these people. Because I would tell them things like, you know, and, and this isn't people that like, oh, they don't know any better. They've never known Jesus. This is like, no, they know Jesus. They've been presented the gospel before, but they're living in willful sin and ignorant in mm-hmm. willful ignorance, pretending like everything's okay and God's cool with it. And but they say they know it's wrong, but yet they do it anyways. And the Bible is very clear about people who continue in sin and they say that they know God. Their truth is not in them. And they do not walk with him. It's heartbreaking. And what the verse that came to mind when I was ministering to people like this was Matthew 7, right? Don't throw pearls before swine. And I'm not calling these people pigs. What I'm saying is that there are specific times when even Jesus told the disciples to go from city to city. And the ones that reject you or don't receive you, just wipe the dust off your feet. Like, when is the time to move on? When is the time to 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 stop throwing the pearls of the kingdom before people who all they want to do is trample them under feet? All they want to do is make a mockery of Jesus. All they want to do is continue enjoying the very thing that he was crucified for. Mm. And last time I checked, when Jesus died for your sin, he didn't die for you to be remain bound and to stay in it so that you could enjoy it because now you're free to choose whatever you want. So you choose the very thing that pinned him there. Last, th- last time I checked, Jesus died for our sins so that we could be free from sin, so that we could be no longer bound to the chains of sin and the power of sin, but that we could live a new life in Christ, be new creations in him. And that we can live a Holy Spirit-empowered existence where we can overcome sin. It says, you are not being tempted beyond what you can bear. God provides a way of escape every single time. And His Spirit empowers us to be able to do that. And so people that I'm ministering to that are like, well, I want to follow God, but I don't. But my sin is so, like, I can't seem to stop and this is more enjoyable. And it's like, Bro, like, you got to pick, man. I don't remember where I heard this, but it was like, you know, there's a fence. And Satan's on one side of the fence and Jesus is on the other. And Jesus says to the person on the fence, you need to choose. And Satan looks at the person and says, the fence also belongs to me. Mm-hmm. And these are the type of conversations I had with these people. Because I'm like, you cannot say you love God and live for the world. You can't. Enmity with God is friendship with the world. And enmity with the world is friendship with God. You will love God or you will love the world. There is no in between. And if you love the things of the world, you do not have the love of God in you. I'm not saying you'll never make mistakes. I'm not saying you won't ever mess up. We all mess up. We all make mistakes. What I'm saying is you will not willfully practice sin. You will not continue doing the things that you've been doing. There's very real place for healing and repentance, and knowing it's wrong and fighting it. There's a very real difference in someone that says, I know this is wrong and I'm willing to heal and to get better and recover. That's very different than someone that wakes up at 8 a.m. and drinks himself to death until 10 p.m. and says, I know it's wrong, but I'm going to keep doing it. That's way different than someone that's like, I'm going to rehab, I'm going to AA, I'm going to celebrate recovery, I'm doing everything I can to get better. And, you know, I lapsed, you know, one night 
or whatever. Like there's a very big difference between those two people. And so I'm speaking about the people that are willfully not wanting to walk away um, and are choosing to do the same thing over and over and over again. And I think one of the things the Lord taught me in 21 was just, you know, there's a time to plant and water and to, to, to witness and to minister to people. And there's a time to walk away. And there's a time to give up. Not in the sense of like, oh, I'm giving up. I'm never doing this again. But just in the sense of like, it's okay to pick up your pearls and to take the goodness of what the gospel is and to move on to the next harvest, to move on to the next soil. Because there's soil that's ready. Jesus said there's three types of soil. There's the hard, rocky ground. You can correct me if I'm wrong. If there's four, I think there's three. There's more. Right? There's the rocky soil. There's the good soil. There's the one with thorns. thorns. And then... No. Oh, the one on the path, right? The birds come in. Yeah. Okay, there's yeah. Four. There's four. So there's four types of soil. I'm glad I have my wife here because she's my <laughs> helper and she corrects me when I'm wrong. And so... You know, we have to distinguish what type of soil we're dealing with. Is this hard, rocky soil where they're just not going to receive anything? Is this soil that receives it at first, but then the thorns come and the cares of life come and it just chokes up the seed? Is this the, the seed that's like on the path and the birds come and, you know, snatch it up and, and they it doesn't take root? Or is this the good soil that's ready to receive mm -hmm. Jesus and his kingdom and the words of eternal life and the things that the Bible talks about because everybody has a heart that's either willing to receive or not willing to receive and everything in between, there's a spectrum. And so I pray and I ask the Lord, you know, where is this person at? Because it's very easy, at least for me to discern like, Oh wow, this person's heart and their soil is ready. Like they want to follow Jesus. But then there's people like this is going to take some work. And then there's people that are like, they want nothing to do with him and that's okay. And I'm willing to move on um, because I know there's people that want him. You know, I still pray and love those people and care about them and yeah. and do as Jesus would do. Um, but I understand that it's it's those those times where the Lord has used me to refine even what I believe um, and to help me grow in confidence and secure in, in who I'm called to be. And how I'm supposed to minister to people. Because my heart, very different from Whitney's. I love people who don't know Jesus. I love people who, um, I love everybody. <laughs> but I love ministering. What do you mean? I mean, I love ministering to people who don't know Jesus. Very easy for me. Every stranger is a friend to me. I love people who don't know Jesus too. You don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You said, you said her heart's different than mine. I love Okay, this is what I meant Jesus. by that. I'm like... Whitney's heart is different than mine in the sense that I am very evangelistic oriented. Mm -hmm. So I'm very, it's very easy for me to talk to strangers. And by that, I mean, every stranger I meet is a friend that I haven't made acquaintances with yet. So like Whitney's like, I don't know how you do it, man. Like, I don't know how you walk up to somebody and just straight up talk to them. And then all of a sudden they're sharing their three darkest secrets. They've never told Everyone anyone else. Everyone who with. comes up and talks to them. It's like, they've known each other for years. I'm like, what? Do you know this person? No, we met two seconds ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're like, yeah, or like just... people are just familiar and comfortable with him. They're like, mm. have I, do I know you? Like, have I, have we met before? It's yeah. really funny to watch. People are like, do you have a brother? 
<laughs> and you really know how many funny. times people have been like, do you have a brother? Do you have, and I'm always like, I'm like in my head, I don't say it out loud cause I don't want to be weird or anything, but I'm always like, it's the Holy spirit in me, man. Like, and sometimes I've been honest, like, no, I just think it's the Lord drawing you to me, drawing us, uh, to, to get to know each other. Like, and that's not weird. Like, no, I just think the Lord knows you and knows mm. things about you. And he's used me to be able to speak to people about specific things in their life, um, which is always awesome. But, um, I just think it's, it's an amazing thing that the Lord has gifted me with to be able to draw people to oh, him. Yeah. And so I'm grateful to be used in that way. But yeah, that's, that's 21 for me. Man, my heart sounds so cold. Your heart's not cold. I don't like cold. sharing the gospel. Hey, loving, pe- loving people is the easy part. because, And I don't mean easy because it's, you it's all hard. Pen. I always break pens. Oh, my gosh. I feel like when I play with a pen, I like snap off the latch. Stick, and then you can't even put it anywhere. That's messed up. I know. I'm sorry. Forgive me, pen. Beautifully broken. <laughs> Holy surrender. Um, And so that's 21 for me. Um, I feel like I talked for oh, a little while. But also, yeah, a church we went to during that time, we learned a lot from that church too. Oh, it was 21 that church? Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, man. It was after church at the park. Yeah. And we, yeah, the weather started getting cold. It was raining. We didn't have anywhere to meet. So we decided yep. to actually go to a building that opened up. And it was really good for a while. And then the Lord called some of the leaders to go somewhere else to minister. Yep. So they raised up new leaders. And but we, we didn't started... know, we, as in me and Whitney, didn't know these new leaders they raised up. Yeah. They just kind of brought them on, said these are who they're going to be. And then okay. we're like, okay, let's see how this pans out. Yeah. And so we were just sitting there and... um during one of the Sunday services and it was, you know, a woman and she was, you know, speaking before the main pastor. She started saying some really concerning stuff and we're like, Red Whoa. flag stuff. Like, like, I don't know where you're preaching from, but it ain't this because I don't, I don't know. Like this felt like some kind of weird Ted talk. <laughs> I'm serious. You ever been in a in a, a gathering of people like believers when you're like, where are you getting your information from? Because it's clearly not scripture. Yeah. So, for example, one of the things that was said was that we're not we're not born sinners. That's that's terrible theology. Mm, yeah. Was that what she said? Yeah, it was. We're not born sinners. That's terrible theology. It was. Um, you know, we're all loved by God. We're all God's children. They just don't know it yet. Yeah, I remember that. Yep, we're all yep. God's children. We're they all just don't God's know children. They just don't know Which it yet. Which is unbiblical because. And what if you don't? And if and what you don't know is that when someone says something like that, it means universalism. All yeah. paths lead to God, and 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 it's a universalism that says that Jesus is only one of the paths to God, and. Clearly, Scripture states, I think it's John 14, 6, and correct me if I'm wrong. Let me know in the comments. Drop that verse in the comments. Um, But it's somewhere in John. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one, what, comes Comes to to the the Father Father except through me. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only bridge to the Father. He is the only path. He is the only way. He is the only road. 
He is the only door. Yep. And the word also says that we were children of wrath. We're not yes. children of God and we don't know it yet. We were children of wrath. Yes. It's not the same thing. Well, then how how does that line up with scripture when Paul says that the that the message of eternal life, that immortality came through the message of the gospel? Immortality, eternal life. That means we weren't born again. Once we became believers, we became born again. So that means Jesus said you must be born again. So if we're all children of God, that means we're all born, born again. That's not true. Jesus says we must be born again after we're born yep. to Nicodemus. So that, that literally means that we were born a way, we were born in a way that isn't in accordance with God's standard. We were born in iniquity. David said, you shaped me in iniquity. You formed me in, and I was, I was birthed in transgression. I was literally came into this world broken and sinful and depraved of any goodness from the Lord. There's nothing that I did to earn God's good graces. There's nothing that I did to make myself right with, with God. It was Jesus that makes us right with God. And we are not children. We are children of wrath before we come to know Christ. And he says that in the word. He says that that we are children of the devil. So, so someone who's directly saying that we're all God's children, there's just people who don't know it yet. That is in direct contradiction to what God's word says. Yeah, and it just it wasn't just that. There was a lot of weird things that were said and mm. just unbiblical things. And there was a lot of red flags that were brought up and we're like, okay, or should we talk to them? Should we leave? What do we do? And we had one of our friends who was um, a part of leadership sit down with them and the rest of the leaders and came back and told us that they were leaving as well because... Just the unbiblical things they were teaching. And yeah. the lead pastor was saying, you know, I respect everyone's like journey. And I was like, whoa, where is this coming from? Because before a lot of the leaders left, it wasn't like that. It was mm. really interesting switch. A lot of leaders, you know, moved on and then leaders were brought up and it was almost a completely different church. Mm. Yeah. And it, it just got to a point where we were like, you know, this isn't an, this isn't a negotiable yeah. And I think one of the things we learned from these different, you know, church experiences where we experienced some some red flags was like, you know, there's things, right? I think it was Thomas Aquinas who said in essentials lib uh unity, in non-essentials liberty, in mm -hmm. all things charity. So this wasn't one of those categories that's like, okay, we can agree to disagree like, okay, yeah, like you know, like this doesn't has nothing to do with salvation. It's like, no, this is one of the core beliefs of Christianity. And this is the one of the things that I cannot I cannot be on the same team with you about. Like, I am not going to tell people you're God's child, but you just don't know it yet. That's not what scripture says. And I'm not going to jump on that yeah. uh, bandwagon. I'm not going to wear the same jersey as you. I'm sorry, but I don't care if you're a pastor. I don't care if you're a leader. I don't care if you are literally saying that you are the most influential Christian out there in the world and you're claiming stuff that is not scriptural. I'm not going to stand side by side with you. I'm not going to be in fellowship with you because you are teaching false. You are teaching false doctrine mm -hmm. and I will not stand side by side. So that was something that we learned. 
and was was really helpful and like knowing like because we had a lot of questions like god why are we going from church to church why does it feel like we're we're going from one place and trying to plug in because we're the type of people you know that like really care about growth we really care about being plugged in we really care about serving in the local church being a part of a community giving of ourselves and being you know championing what god's doing through that local body of of believers and so this was really hard for us to move on from that and then 2022 22 yeah i think um 22 i was just telling whitney this i wrote a blog post if you want to check it out i'll link it in the description it was called Time to Prune. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like I've been in pruning since 2022. And what I mean by that is it's inspired by John 15, where it talks about the father is the vine dresser. And Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches. Any tree that abides in me will bear much fruit. But he that does not abide in me will be cut off and thrown into the fire. And I feel like the Lord is pruning you know, in 22, I felt like the Lord was pruning branches that didn't, weren't going to be staying. Oh, that's so, so hard. Painful. That's so painful. Like, you know, friends that aren't supposed to stay or habit, you know, habits that aren't supposed to stay or just even um, jobs that aren't supposed to be yeah. there anymore, you know, kind of wrapping it into 23, like, in tw- the beginning of 22, I had lost access to an account. And then again in 23, at the same time, last year I came back from Idaho, lost access. This year came back from Idaho, lost access. Same which is our again, main source of income. Which is our main source of income. Mm-hmm. And this year I was like so frustrated. I like I like told the Lord, I was like, remember, I was, I was upset. And I was like, God, why? Like, why? Like, I... That was the one thing that I could do in Idaho and that I know that would at least make me some kind of money. And what I felt him say to me through an impression was, will you trust that I am Jehovah Jireh, God, your provider? Will you trust that I will provide for you more than your ability to provide for Mm. yourself? Man, when the Lord tells you something like that, when the Lord tells you something like that and says, "Do you will you believe me for who I say I am and not in your own ability to carry yourself? Because I think my tendency is to want to carry myself, to be self-sufficient. And I know that stems from, you know, autonomy and a part of the fall. And it's something that I struggle with. And I, you know, it's a weakness of mine and I recognize it. But, you know, growing up, you know, with a single mom and, you know, being in a household that, you know, caused me to grow up really fast. Um, you know, I remember doing chores like as young as like four or five years old, like folding laundry and, you know, helping around the house, vacuuming and cleaning up and dusting. And, you know, not because I was put to forced work, but because I just wanted to feel like I was contributing um, to the household. And so, you know, I just... It's hard for me to to trust the Lord in ways where I'm like, okay, I have to lean on you. I have to depend on you because I'm very used to like taking things into my own hands in terms of work or, you know, providing for me and Whitney. 
um, and, you know, going to work and showing up for myself and putting in the hours and, you know, I'm okay. I, I can work, you know, five jobs if I need to. And, you know, that's a little dramatic, but I, I can put in the work. I can put in the effort as long as I do my part, then at least I can control some of it. Right. Mm. And the Lord's like, I want holy dependence. I want all of your dependence to be on me and not on you. And that was really hard for me because I think when I when I look back on 22, you know, thinking about my family is still kind of like broken up right now um, for different reasons. But just, you know, don't really talk to a lot of my mom's family anymore. And um, it's just really hard. Like, it's really hard to to move into a season where you know that a lot of the things that were with you are no longer with you anymore. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things I wish were different, not in like a wishful way where I'm like, man, I wish this was different, but in a way where I'm like, that's really painful. And I wish it didn't have to go that way. You know, there's mistakes I made along the way. There's things that I said that I shouldn't have said. And I've made amends the best that I can, and I've sought peace in ways that I know how, um, and it's not been reciprocated, and that's fine. But it's really hard to look back and to be like, Lord, like you're still pruning me, like you're still chopping off branches that I thought would sustain me. And he's like, I'm it. I'm the source. I'm the lifeline of your branch. And you think that by you holding on to these pieces that don't belong, that it's going to keep you sustained. That these other branches, like, you know, security or financial stability or a relationship that was causing me harm or a friendship that isn't going to be in the next season with me, like... You thought all of these things you were like you were safe and you were okay because those things I am everything. And if God's everything for me, then everything else is is just an added bonus to my life. I know everything's a gift. How is it that some people just like us across the world right now are facing persecution, real threats of death, gathering underground in churches? And reading the word for days on end, worshiping, praying. And yet they are the most content and the most fulfilled people on earth. Because they have the, everything they need. Which is Jesus. And I've recognized in this season, I think in 22 specifically, that if God is all I have, then I have all I need. If I have the king of the universe then there's no thing that I lack. For Psalm 23 says that the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. There is nothing that I want besides him. And of course, there's things that I need, you know, like community. And, you know, I, I, I love being married and I love having friends and I love having family. But ultimately, like the lover of my soul, King Jesus, like he... He satisfies everything that I would ever want in this world. And he fulfills the deepest longings of my heart. 
And there's no thing in this world that can compare to his love. And so that's what I learned in 22. Um, Yeah, it feels like all your branches are being lopped off and then you're like, wait, there's more? (laughs) And you're still going. You're like, looking pretty bare over here, Lord. (laughs) I look like a little shrub. (laughs) I look look like I'm just a stick. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So. Man, it's crazy. You know, there's just our seasons together. It seems like there's just a theme of preparation and growth, but each year looks so different for each of us. Like for me in 22, man, like the Lord was telling me that he wanted to preach and teach and worship him. And I was like, oh, you were called to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And so at that point, I was like, okay, well, how does that work? You know, Mm. like, how does that process work? You see people in ministry, but then how do you get there? I forgot to mention the podcast, but yeah, go ahead. (laughs) I was like, what are the steps? How does this work? How Mm. do you get from here to there? You know, it just seemed like a big, massive unknown. Yeah. Because, you know, growing up, all the women I saw in ministry were just in children's ministry. And I was like, okay, you know, where do I fit in? Where do I go? How do I even get there? What steps do I take? Yeah. And then, you know, just it was a year of asking those questions of the Lord. And Joe, I feel like you already started your YouTube yeah, channel. Yeah, I started the YouTube channel yeah. in 21. So So I was like, okay, Joe's doing that. And I don't know what I was I'm trying to figure things do. out. That's what I was going to mention about 22 is 21 and 22 very occasionally doing videos on this channel and they're still you can go back and look at those videos which they obviously say your first videos are kind of your worst videos but Mm. I just I was trying to figure it out because I did feel like the Lord was saying to do something with what he's given me like just do something just just put your poems out there I I wrote my first poetry book Mm -hmm. which is on our website at kingdomlegions.net like I, I, I felt like there was things that he asked me to do and I'm like, I'm just trying to figure this thing out, man. Like, aren't we all just trying to figure out what he wants us to do? Yeah. Um, and he's a good shepherd. And when I veer off the path, he's faithful to lead me back. And so. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's good. But yeah, we're both trying to figure it out. And I'm like, yeah. okay, children's ministry. I don't think that's what the Lord's calling me to. He called me to teach and preach. Okay. And just trying to figure out. Yeah what do you want me to do exactly? What step do I take? How do I be obedient to what you've called me to do? Mm. When do I go? Where Where do you want me to serve? And just, I felt really confused. And all of a sudden the Lord's like, all right, time to go. Let's do this. And I'm like, go where? And it's funny, the Lord, he speaks to me a lot through pictures. And he gave me a picture one time when I was spending, when I was spending time with him in the secret place. He gave me a picture of this cliff diver like jumping off the rocks into the water from Which really high I up. I do not like doing that. <laughs> I'll do like it. Ice. I'll do it, but I don't like it. And I just heard him say in my heart, time to fly with that picture. And I was like. You're like, fly? I'm about to die. That's what you're saying. I'm about to die. I'm about to die jumping off that cliff. No, I ain't doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but at that point, I was like, okay. Where? What? 
What do you mean? I was like, I understand you want me to go. But you saw me oh. doing the channel and you felt like le like led to that. Uh, right? Not, I... not originally. Okay, wait, let me finish. Okay, not originally. Um, yeah. I was just trying to figure out where to go. Mm. I was like, yeah. where am I supposed what am I supposed to do? And so I I really appreciate one of my past mentors um from a church we had back in LA when we were going to Bible college. Yeah. Um, he started mentoring me a little bit and, you know, just talking about teaching because I know I was supposed to teach. So I was just talking to him for a while and through talking to him, I realized how much fear I had because I'm not an eloquent speaker at all. I feel like... What? Most... <laughs> Let me finish. Let me finish. I feel it. like I'm not an eloquent speaker. Okay, Moses. Yeah. I have I... a stutter. Okay. I don't have a stutter. <laughs> I'm slow Sometimes speech. I feel like my brain isn't super quick on the uptake. Mm. You know, like in conversations growing up, when you're in a circle talking to people and the conversation's going back and forth, and then, you know, by the time you think of something to say, the conversation moves on and you're like, oh, I realize I haven't said anything for the past hour. <laughs> I've just been standing here. So that's kind of how my brain works. It takes me a while to think of something to say. And a lot of times I feel like, I have nothing to add to the conversation or I have nothing original to say. I have no original thoughts. But you know what? Something that I thought of, it would probably be bad if I had something original to teach because that would probably mean it's heresy because it's not found in the word. So it's actually good that I have nothing original to say because that means it's biblical. Seriously, <laughs> so I'm teaching her? No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just Don't saying. Internalize that was, that. That was Don't a, internalize that. Don't internalize that, Joe. That was a lie that... You know, that the yeah. devil is giving me that I had nothing original to say that, you know, why would anyone listen to me? But the reality of it was that. Because mm, the lie was you have nothing original to say because the enemy wanted you to speak out of your own authority and not from God's word. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. But I was realizing, you know, how much fear was holding me back. Yeah. And you know, I struggled with procrastination for a long time, knowing I should do something. Thanks, knowing college. To be obedient. Yeah, I love it. And <laughs> Don't love it. Knowing I need to be obedient, but, you know, not knowing the first steps and, mm. you know, just giving my giving God my yes, Yeah. even though I didn't know what was ahead or what I was supposed to do. And I was thinking about starting a YouTube channel um because joe was doing one and we were trying to figure out how to do it together for a while but like okay we have pretty different styles yeah and i kind of wanted to incorporate painting in some way so i was thinking about doing a bible teaching painting channel teaching the word of god through art which i still might do some at some point yeah but um then we found out a way to do it together and teach together because Which I think we're pretty good at it. Yeah. You know, the Lord helps us. But I think th 2022 was just a year of me saying yes to the Lord and pushing past fear and opening my mouth, even though in my head, I don't know what I'm going to say. You know, I'm just going to start the sentence and help you lead it, Lord. And just. And he does. Yeah. And he does. That first podcast we did and he just gave me the words to say. And I was just trying to listen to him as I was talking, which is Difficult task. <laughs> You're like saying words, but also trying to listen at the same time. So mm. I'm still definitely learning, but I think. Proud of you. Thank you. And it's still a challenge. You know, we haven't done a podcast in a while and 
you know, we were planning on doing it yesterday and I was like, I don't really want to do it. And it's late. I'm tired. But, you know, stopping the excuses and doing it even when you're uncomfortable, when you don't think you even have clear thoughts in your head, don't know what to say. Just and being uncomfortable in front of the camera, too, and just being nervous. I think just this past year, I think it was ultimately a year of me giving my fear to the Lord, not procrastinating anymore, and actually being obedient and putting into practice what I've learned. Yeah. Mm. It was definitely yeah. a big year. Yeah. So what does that mean for now? And how can you be encouraged by this? Well, I think... It really came to a head when we asked someone that we trust um, and that we we know because of TikTok. So that's kind of cool. Uh, but Pastor Craig Brown from Heart of the City Church in North Idaho um, sent us a video that he preached on the how to know God's will. And that video ministered to me in so many different ways, and I was very encouraged, but I felt the Lord, uh, you know, want me to give a response to what was being said, because there was five ways you could discern the Lord's will. And one of them was obviously the word, the written word, so his, his, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, right, which confirms the word, right? He'll speak to you, bring confirmation, peace, peace of God multitude of counselors and then wisdom weighing the pros and cons of a decision Mm -hmm. and the only thing that we felt like we hadn't done uh, all of them we had done we had you know sought wisdom weighed the pros and cons of going to idaho not going to idaho you know god we don't want it to just be our desire we want it to be your desire Um, we had sought his word and felt like he was speaking to us in different things and different passages and we'll get to that in genesis 12 um and the Holy Spirit was confirming in different ways, but then also with the door shut financially the years prior, it was like, well, we're not sure, maybe it's a no. And then um, you know, we did feel peace about it, but not peace like in peace in a way where it's like, yes, this is the Lord, we need to do it. And so we're like, okay, you know what? The one thing that we haven't really done is saw a multitude of counselors. Yeah. And so, right, the Bible says in a multitude of counselors, there's safety. Um, and so that's something that we decided to seek out. We had texted, I had texted like five to seven different people and asked them to pray for us. Um, there was decisions on the table with ministry decisions. There was going to Idaho, there was going somewhere else. And so we were just like, man, I don't even know what to do. And I had three people, um, that are very near and dear to me. Um, one family member, a best friend, and then, a other really good friends of ours that we had um, that came to us and two of them um, well specifically the family member and then the friend the one friend um, said they felt like Idaho was the right move and then the other friend that texted me didn't necessarily say Idaho was the right move just like God's put this desire in your heart for some time now and is the reason you're going is because of fear and I hadn't told this friend the reason you're not going the reason you're not going is because of fear And I hadn't told this friend that I had been struggling with fear for some time because how am I going to provide for Whitney in Idaho? We don't even have jobs in Idaho. We don't even know what it's going to be like out there. We don't even know if we can afford to live out there. And all of these questions of am I a provider? Am I 
you know, a husband to her in the way that she needs me to be? Am I, you know, going to be able to do these things that require, you know, different things of me? And am, am I okay leaving my family and my nieces, niece and nephew and my sister and my dad? It's just like leaving the people that mean the most to me. Am I okay with those things? And I came to realize that it, it a lot had to do with fear. And a lot had to do with fear of the unknown, fear of the unfamiliar, fear of leaving things that I had become so comfortable in and security and family and living at home, you know, rent free. Like this is a blessing. This is a time in my life I may never get back where I've had three years to be at home and spend time with my mom and and be with my wife in a place that's safe and that's protected and that um, really helped us grow in many ways. You know, we've spent three years of our marriage here, and that's huge. We grew a ton, too. And we grew a ton, too. And, like, that's something I wanted to to speak on as well is, like, our marriage is, like, the healthiest it's ever been. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, we it's not perfect. We make mistakes. And, you know, there's times where You we... didn't do the dishes. <gasps> ah! <laughs> no, but there's there's times where, you know, we make mistakes or, <laughs> or, or we uh, disagree about things or we have an argument or whatever, but we work through it and... Much, much, our much. Our communication's a lot better, and we reconcile we, a lot faster too. We work through nice. things much healthier, mm-hmm. um, and we don't have unhealthy coping mechanisms and things like that. And so, um, I've been encouraged, and I know that when those those two two people that mean a lot to us and my best best man in my wedding, you know, asked me, "Are you afraid of moving?" Something shifted in my heart. And it was like two people that are very dear to us that came to us and said, we feel like it's Idaho. We feel like you're supposed to go. We prayed and we feel like you're supposed to go. And then my one friend that knows me really well that, you know, we stay in touch, you know, here and there. And he was in my wedding and knows me from years ago and is like, are you not going because of fear? Called it out in me, like read my mail. I did not tell him I was struggling with fear. And it was like the Lord saw me in that and was like, you're afraid. You're afraid that I'm not going to provide. You're afraid that you can't trust me. You're afraid that I'm not going to come through. You're afraid that I'm not who I say I am. Mm. And I'm like, man, God, I've been following you since I was 16. And I love you. And I obey your word to the best of my ability. Oh my goodness. And I trust you. And I love you. And I, and I'm, I, I do know you're my father but I'm afraid of you as my father. And that's something the Lord has, has really worked on me is getting me to being such a gentleman and teaching me how to trust his heart for me. Like, can I actually trust you to stick to your word? Mm. Can I actually trust you to be someone who follows through on what he says he's going to do? Because you know all that stuff in your head, but, because I know all of that yeah. stuff in my head. But am I showing that by my life? Am I showing mm. that by my heart? Are you showing that you really truly am believe that? Am I showing that? that I actually truly, you know, understand and subscribe to that? Subscribe. Subscribe. To YouTube. <laughs> like, share. Like, you know. Subscribe. Do I like what he says? Do I share what he says? Do I comment on what he says? <laughs> Do I subscribe to, to his YouTube says? channel? To, the Bible. to the Lord's YouTube channel, which is the word of God. Oh my God. That was so stupid. But I just. <laughs> I, 
do so it. Bad. I was going so deep. I was sharing my heart, and you just like YouTube channel. <laughs> he said, "Like, share, subscribe." That was funny. I wasn't talking about the video. I was just I thought it was making funny. a joke. But I, I just am I the type of person, the type of believer, who actually believes what he says is true. Do I believe in his word? Do I believe that he is a, a man of his word? That he is God. He is the, the king of the universe. Mm -hmm. And he is faithful to his promise. Because I know he is. But do I know that he is? Do I know that he is all sufficient? That he is the great I am? And he's proven that throughout my life. And so I'd say, even over the last couple months, like, man... Like within a week span, we literally got an apartment in Idaho. Yeah. Once we heard back from once those we, friends, we're like, let's try. Let's once we see. heard back from our friends and we prayed about it, and we felt the peace from the Lord about mm -hmm. it. And our friends had texted us and my family. Um, it was like, all right, Lord, we're going to make the leap and we're going to step out in faith. Well, let's just and try and take let's steps just try. and see if doors open. Let's yeah. just try. And this goes back to Genesis 12, because I remember sitting there watching the sermon called oh. How to Know the Will of God. And I will I will link that in the description uh, by Pastor Craig Brown. And in it, I told the Lord, I said, God, I don't want to be selfish. I said this in my head. I said, God, I don't want to be selfish when it comes to your word and just go to the scriptures and just pull something out that fits my agenda. And it's like, yeah, God's speaking to me about Idaho. Like, I don't want to be selfish. And almost immediately, I heard the Holy Spirit say, you're not being selfish. And I was like, but I'm just so afraid, God. Like, I'm so afraid that I would make a decision that isn't according to your plan for my life. I'm so afraid that I would, I would make a decision that would displease you or that wouldn't be in faith and that wouldn't require any faith and, and have to be wholly dependent upon you. I, I don't want to live that type of life. I know what it's like to make decisions without him. And it always ends in pain. And it always ends in mis yeah. in regret and wishing I did things differently. Because anything that you try to sustain, to anything that you try to birth in the flesh will have to be sustained in the flesh. But anything that you birth in the spirit will be sustained by his spirit. Because he gives you the ability to do the thing he's called you to do. But if you try to do it apart from him, Jesus literally said, you can do nothing apart from me. Yeah. You can't do Good anything. Good luck. Good luck trying to do things apart from him. You're going to be crashing and burning. Mm -hmm. Fly a plane without the spirit. Good luck. That's going to be a jacked up plane. Because <laughs> it's going to crash and burn. And so I just wanted to share uh, Genesis 12. Uh, one through two, right? Right. It says, now the Lord yeah. said to Abraham, Abram, go from your country or it says your land and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So this is the promise of God to Abraham, to Abram. Sorry, before he was called Abraham. And God tells him, go to the land that I will show to you, to the country that I will show you, your kindred, your father's house, to the land that I will show you. 
And what I felt the Lord speak to me about this was I kept hearing over and over in my spirit, go to the land, I'll show you, go to the land, I'll show you, go to the land, I'll show you. And that's when I told the Lord, I don't want to be selfish. And right after that, I swear, like in Craig's sermon, he literally says Abraham. And I'm like, no way, dude. And then um, this last week, oh, I, yeah. I, I have a devotional. It's called <sighs> Glorify. It's an app. It's a free app. Glorify. And literally the devotion was about Abraham and him leaving his country. And it talks about like maybe you're packing right now. Maybe you're getting ready for we a move. We literally were in the morning making breakfast and we looked at each other like, I was like, that is the Lord. He knows. He knows. And the devotional was like, maybe you're, you're, you lost a job and you're transitioning to a new job or you're going somewhere that's going to require a job transition. And I'm like, and it's bittersweet. And we're like, oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? I'm like, man, when the Lord just speaks to you so spot on and you're so grateful for his voice and him knowing. And I'm like, (laughs) I just couldn't help but think like he knows me. He knows me. Yeah. And I'm known by the God of the universe. And I know that this passage is specifically talking about Abraham. So I'm not going to take that out of context. Like it is about the blessing of Abraham. God is going to give Abraham a blessing. And he is going to be the patriarch that that it everybody, seed or, or spiritual seed of Abraham. Grafted in. Is grafted into the family of faith. Mm-hmm. And I am so grateful for Abraham. And I know that God has blessed all of us who belong to Jesus in Abraham. And so I'm grateful for that. But I also know that the principle still applies. God still calls people to go do things. God still calls people from their land. God still calls people from their kindred, meaning their families, and says, leave your father's house. I'm not my father's house, I'm in my mother's house. But I understand when God is telling me to go somewhere that I, I have no friends there. Besides my family, I consider my in-laws, my family, and my friends. And I love them, and I'm so grateful for them. But I I have no, you know, guy friends. I don't have any, like, you know, I, I have friends here. I have my hometown here. I have my high school buddies that I know that were from here. So, like, everything I've known, everything that's familiar, all my kindred, all my, my job, everything that I've known is here. And he's saying, go to the land that I will show you, but you have to leave everything. Mm. Because going somewhere requires leaving somewhere. You can't go to where God's calling you to go unless you leave where God called you from. And so I think it's really important for us to know that like, when God's calling you to go somewhere and when he's calling you to leave something, that requires sacrifice either way. The going requires sacrifice and the leaving requires sacrifice. I recognize that, you know, me... Like saying yes to Idaho is me saying is me saying no to seeing my family every single day or the possibility of seeing my family every single day. Me saying yes to Idaho is saying no to the comfort of the jobs that I have here and the reliability of what I know what I can make staying here. The possibility of being able to get out of debt um, and to, to put extra money on debt and things like that um, because we want to be debt free like. Um, being able to to stay at home and save money and all these things that I know that we could do, you know, if we stay. But I also know the cost of not going. 
because that requires sacrifice too. Like obedience to God's voice, there's consequences for that if I don't. Mm. I know that delayed obedience is disobedience. I know that disobedience, there's very real consequences for it. And it's more painful. Doing it my own way, doing it our own way, is way, way, way more painful than if I just do it the way God wants me to do it. Because He's going to care for me through everything. He's going to lead it. He's going to guide it. He's going to finish it. And I can trust in Him. And I can trust in His ability to be the author and the finisher of my faith. I'm not doing it. I'm not taking us to Idaho because I think it's a good idea. If I would have thought it was a good idea, I would have done it like three years ago. This is a great idea. Let's go to Idaho. And then crash and burn and just end up back here in California because we can't make it happen. But God is specifically placing us at this time in less than a month to get there, have jobs, have things set in place. You know, Whitney's able to transition some of her self-employment over there. Me too. Some of my self-employment is going to be able to translate over there. And we got an apartment and I have a job lined up if things don't work out. And it's like, God, you are on this in ways that I didn't think were possible. People calling me saying, we have work, but it's really hard to get here. Call us when you get here. The next day we get an apartment. Yeah. Like, God opening doors. And affordable too. Yeah. Yeah. One of the nicest like apartments in the area has everything included, you know, um, except electricity, internet. And it's like. I just, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't have dreamt this up, like, yeah. in a better way. Being able to be with family and to grow, raise our kids there and to be able to do ministry from Idaho and, and to still be able to do this and to have our podcast and to pour our hearts and our lives out in a way yeah. that's beneficial for you guys. And and we just are are so amazed and blown away at the way the Lord is moving. And we're so excited to be a part of Heart of the City Church in uh, in Idaho. And so um, we're just so grateful for all the, the pieces that everyone has played. Yeah. Um, we appreciate your guys' prayers too. And yeah. please continue to pray for us as we move because yeah. it's going to be a wild ride. And do you have do you have things you wanted to share more? Or do you feel good about... No, that about, was good. You feel good mm-hmm. about what we shared? Because I just... I want you guys to know, like, there's going to be times, like, I feel like one of the main things we do on this podcast is we teach, you know, from God's word. And, and obviously we shared scripture all throughout today's conversation. Um, but we just want you to know, like, following Jesus biblically isn't always just sitting down and, um, oh, we're going to do this Bible study. Sometimes it's talking through th- very real life situations yeah. that we're walking through. And, and looking at it through a biblical lens and being able to say, like, this is what the Lord taught us. This is what we learned. This is these are our mistakes. These are some successes. Yeah. And we hope that by doing that and by revisiting it, I mean, maybe we could do more of these in the future. And yeah, like, just what the Lord's teaching you know, us. What he's teaching us. And like, honestly, a lot of our content is simply what the Lord is teaching us or what we feel like he wants us to talk about. Bible studies on what you know? he's teaching us. Yeah. And so, yeah, a lot of our, you know, I'd say every single Bible study we've done, 
um, on this podcast have been things the Lord has taught us. And so um, we want to continue that. We want to continue being a resource for you. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's uh, a ton of things. I know Whitney has her paintings up on our website and I have my poetry book and we just want you guys to be resourced in any way you can. And there's free stuff on our website too, which is awesome. And um, we just want you guys to be encouraged and to know that the Lord is with you. That if he's calling you to do something, if he's calling you to go somewhere, if he's calling you to to do something that seems um, like, how is that even possible, God? How is that going to happen? Yeah. But he's asking you to step out in faith and to do it. There is no better thing to do than to waste your life on Jesus. And what I mean by waste is when the woman with the alabaster jar came to Jesus and wept at his feet and washed his ha her hair and her tears on his feet. The religious people and even some of the disciples said, what a waste that could have been used to sell and money be given to the poor. And Jesus said, let not what this woman done, not let not what this woman has done be taken away from her. Jesus cares about the way you waste your life on him and waste in the best way possible. Because what the world sees as waste, Jesus sees as precious. Mm. What the world sees as foolish, God sees as wise. What the world sees as dumb and stupid and irrational, God sees as obedient and faithful and lovely. Yeah. And I hope that by this podcast today and us sharing our heart with you, that you would come to know God in a deeper way, that he does speak to us through his word. He does speak to us through impressions. He does speak to us through feelings. He does speak to us through, yeah. um, you know, circumstances and his peace and a multitude of counselors and, you know, wisdom. And so I just want you guys to be um, edified in your faith in that way. Yeah. And even if you guys are in that wilderness season, just being obedient in that season and let him let him prune just be content in that season with where he has you and just continue to seek after him because there will come a time when he's ready for you to go and just have your bags packed be ready be ready for that like moment where he says you to go yeah yep that's one thing whitney had shared go ahead oh yeah oh we wrote letters to ourselves at the beginning of this year. Oh my gosh, yeah. we fulfilled part we of We wrote that. letters. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot. That's so we wrote awesome. letters to ourselves. And um, Joe's like, you know, you can write whatever you want, but I felt specifically uh, for New myself. Year's, New Year's Eve, we wrote letters. Yeah, I felt specifically for myself to write. Um, what did I write? It was like, about, like it was like a prayer. A and it was like a prayer or like a blessing to myself like for the next year she was praying over the person she she was praying over herself and and what she believes the lord wanted yeah. her to to walk in in and 2023 I feel like in, in that moment he gave me a vision of or just a picture of a backpacker you know waking up in the morning packing all their stuff up putting their backpack on having the water bottle their walking stick and everything ready to go and I just felt like it was a season of readiness for the next season. Like, 
All right, we've been camped here for a while, but now it's time to pack up and be ready to move it. Oh my gosh, I forgot. And now we're moving to Idaho. Yeah. Dude. I'm blown away right now. I totally forgot about that. This is a genuine reaction. Oh my gosh. I just like brought that up for him. What in the world? Are you serious? And I prayed the Lord. And it's only March. Yeah, and it's your birthday month. That's like the Lord to have us move on your birthday month. Oh my goodness. What a gift. Wait. To you. My in my letter to myself, and I encourage you to do this at the beginning That's of every crazy. year. Write a letter to yourself. Dude. Praying over yourself, believing for what God wants wants to do for this upcoming year. And so one of the things I felt was cl- so clarity. Cool. I, mine was clarity, consistency. I think it was three C's. Clarity, consistency, and um it was something like that. Anyways, it was it was something like that. Just clarity and consistency and that I would step into oh character, that I would step into all that God has for yeah. me this year. And so I think a part of that is this podcast, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other piece of that is just clarity. I feel like the Lord has lifted the veil over my eyes from what I couldn't see. And I can now see what it is that he wants us to do this year and this big move and what that means for us. And we want to start a family eventually when we get there, mm-hmm. not right away. I mean, Lord willing, but when we get there and start a family and stuff. And so what that means for us and just, man, the Lord has been so good and so I'm faithful blown away. and so precious it's and so just, cool. he's, he's amazing, dude. Like follow him, follow him, mm-hmm. like follow Jesus. He is the best guide. He is the best shepherd. He is the best Lord. He is the best master I've ever had. I've tried mastering myself. I suck. I suck at mastering myself. Have you ever tried to lead a horse by the bit? But the horse. You know, the bridle. Yeah. The What's in the mouth? Isn't well, it a bit? a bit? But the bridle is what? Yeah. yeah. So imagine a horse. Has the reins and the bit in its mouth. <laughs> that horse ain't going very far. I mean, it could. It could, but I'm saying the horse isn't a very good director of itself. That's a terrible analogy. <laughs> but all I'm saying, okay, I'm I'm learning. I'm practicing. This is a part of me learning. Oh, you know what's a better analogy? Yeah. Because uh, a blind man or if you're wearing a blindfold trying to lead yourself and you can't yep. see. There you go. Yep. Trying to lead myself with a blindfold on. So I'm like, hey, I'm going to go down this hallway, but I blindfold myself and all the lights and are you off. you just fall down a pit. And then I'm just like, so pitted, man. So it's like, yeah, it's terrible. I'm a terrible leader. So I say all of that to say I'm a terrible leader of myself. That's what I meant to say. Clarification. Don't go cutting that up and making a short. This guy's a terrible leader. Look, he called himself a false. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. So we love you guys. Thank you for joining us on our podcast today. And we are so grateful to have you with the Kingdom Allegiance family officially we're gonna be citizens of heaven you guys are we're citizens, citizens of heaven of the kingdom you guys are citizens of the kingdom kingdom so. allegiance citizens yeah. yeah amen that's right so kingdom allegiance citizens thank you for joining us today and we will see you guys in the next video